Welcome to CPAC Today in Politics. Coming up, international pressure on Russia ramps up, with the U.S. announcing a ban on all Russian oil and gas imports. That means Russian oil will no longer be acceptable at U.S. ports, and the American people will deal another powerful blow to Putin's war machine. The Prime Minister offers no more clarity on whether he will boost domestic spending on the military. Those weapons are much more useful right now and in the coming weeks in the hands of Ukrainian soldiers fighting for their lives uh, than they would be in Canadian hands. But of course, we need to make sure we replace those weapons rapidly and that we continue to invest in the equipment uh, that leads uh, our armed forces uh, to be able to continue to contribute, not just uh, in places like here in Latvia, but everywhere around the world. And new contenders join the race to lead the Conservative Party. Canadians are desperate for hope and are calling for unity. People on all sides of the debate need compassion and understanding. It's Wednesday, March the 9th. I'm Mark Sutcliffe. Let's get right to the top political stories this morning. I'm joined by longtime political writer and broadcaster, Dan Legere. Good morning, Dan. Hi, Mark. Let's start with the Prime Minister's travels through Europe and the meetings he's having and uh, the comments he's making about the situation in Ukraine, the international pressure that continues. The United States has announced a ban on Russian oil and gas imports. Other countries are, are stepping up the pressure. So... Uh, bring us up to date on on what's happening, who the prime minister's talking to, and uh, what the outcome of all of this is likely to be. Well, uh, Trudeau spoke today to Vladimir Zelensky, the president of Ukraine, uh, who is uh, um, the face of the Ukraine resistance to the Russian invasion. And uh, Zelensky put out... Uh, a tweet or a communication later uh, saying he spoke to his, as he called him, my friend, Justin Trudeau, about defense cooperation and how to increase sanctions pressure on Russia. And they agreed on further diplomatic steps, although he didn't go into a lot of detail. Um, but he says that Ukraine feels uh, that Canada is standing with it, which which I think is is good to hear. Um, you know, there's uh, later on today, or it's not maybe even by now, uh, Trudeau is meeting with the new Chancellor of Germany, Olaf Scholz, and uh, they're going to be talking about military spending and, and energy security, according to the CP copy on it. So, I mean, um, you know, it's every country can play a role in the global resistance to Putin's invasion of Ukraine. Um, and I think given how uh, badly the world misread uh, Putin's intentions, it's moving pretty fast now. The, the world community is working pretty fast now to recover its balance and to present a, uh, a unified face against this, uh, this aggression. So, um, you know, but, but a lot more practical things are going to have to be done for sure. Yeah. And what about what this means for the world going forward, the international order? Uh, there are people saying this is a permanent change, potentially, and that as a result, Canada should be spending more on its military. Uh, Justin Trudeau, of course, has spoken about uh, our presence in Latvia. 
Uh, and he's been a- answering questions. He's been asked a lot of questions about whether we will increase spending on the military and, and increase it to the level that, that NATO requests were below that threshold. What do you think about that? Well, this is a, an ongoing thing, and it's not new to this particular global crisis. Um, yesterday, Canada you know, said that we would extend uh, the mission to Latvia, which is... Uh, you know, Canadian soldiers on the ground in Latvia, working with the, the Latvians, working with other NATO uh, members to deter uh, the Russians from expansionism in that direction. And uh, I'm sure most of our listeners know that uh, the Baltic states, La- Latvia, Lithuania, and Estonia, were all under the Soviet um, yoke for for two generations, in effect. So they're going to extend that mission, but yes, there is there are indications coming from the Trudeau government that they are going to look at increased defense spending, which is long overdue, Mark. I mean, uh, you know, Canada has made commitments to NATO over the years; it has never really lived up to them. Um, as a and you know, we've alluded in the past, there are problems within the Canadian military at the very senior. A military leadership level, you know, with harassment issues and leadership issues that have not um, made for a cohesive uh, uh, military policy or, or military posture. So, you know, it, it, we do have to move faster. We have to play our part in the global community. Uh, NATO has rules, and Canada, I think, is going to be under more pressure going forward uh, to to live up to that two percent. Uh, spending goal of NATO uh, for defense spending. So, uh, you know, this this is an ongoing issue, and, and it, I think there's going to be more calls and more acceptability among the public uh, for defense spending, which is always just kind of a, a backwater in public opinion in Canada. Yeah. And, and, Dan, I guess, how do you see this playing out? I know this is a really tough question, but I think a lot of Canadians are looking at this and wondering and, and feeling great sympathy for the people of Ukraine uh, and great fear about about what this portends um so uh, there, there's a lot of commentary on on how the how the different moves by the international community will play out how uh, the, there are risks that vladimir putin could be provoked even further but at the same time can't be tolerated uh so what what happens next yeah uh well, it's a $10 million question, but obviously NATO and, and the global community is putting the pressure on uh, the Kremlin every day. Uh, I think the economic sanctions really are going to bite. And and these things take a while, you know, because in the West, we tend to do everything according to uh, the law, and, and there are rules and regulations. Governments can't break the law to just run over and, and help out a, a country, no matter how just the cause is. And it does take a while for these things to take effect. I mean, no Russian oligarch is uh, begging for food today because of these sanctions. However, um, you know, I think enough of these measures that are uh, brought in are going to increase pressure on Putin. Uh, What I've read is the Russian people really are in the dark about what's going on in Ukraine. They've, you know, Putin's people have installed all kinds of 
censorship that that uh, prevents the the Russian people from really understanding what's happening there. Although I think they probably have a sense deep down inside that there's something bad happening, and that their soldiers are are involved in it. Um, so as each day goes by and more outrages, more attacks on civilians, attacks on refugees, there are two million people on the move now uh, in Eastern Europe, Mark, which is the largest movement of people since the Second World War. Uh, this is a, an absolutely global issue, and it's going to take a global response, and the world doesn't turn on a dime. Um, it's a lot easier to order an army into a, over the borders into a country um, than it is to organize global opposition to that move. So, um, you know, it's easy for us to say patience, but, um, uh, you know, if you're the Ukrainians, you need help and you need it now. And I hope we'll be seeing over the next few days, like, really uh, tangible uh, supports for the Ukrainian people and the Ukrainian government as they as they resist this uh, this aggression. Yeah. All right, let's turn to the conservative leadership race, Dan, and it's an interesting week for that uh, because Leslin Lewis has entered the race now, joining Pierre Poiliev as uh, an officially declared candidate. Patrick Brown, the mayor of Brampton and the former leader of the Ontario Progressive Conservatives, has settled his lawsuit with CTV News over the report that led to him resigning as Ontario PC leader just before the election a few years ago that cleared the way for Doug Ford to become the leader and the premier. Um, and he's now positioned potentially to enter the race. And everyone is saying Jean Charest, the former premier of Quebec, former federal progressive conservative leader and former cabinet minister in the Mulroney years, is going to make an announcement this week as well. So we could see uh, the field multiply this week uh, in a big way. How do you how do you think it's shaping up? Well, I, I think, uh, uh, obviously, with the number of candidates that are emerging, that people see it as a fairly open race. In other words, uh, you know, Pierre Polyev is not going to be uh, crowned uh, conservative leader without a fight. And uh, the party, you know, when it decided the other day to uh, have a, a fairly lengthy campaign, uh, you know, the, the actual leader won't be announced until I think it's the 10th of September, and, uh, you know, they have until um, April the 19th to, to stand, new candidates have until the 19th to uh, put their names forward. So, I mean, this this is an advantage to the somewhat lesser-known people. You know, Pierre Polyev is an extremely well-known person, probably in, in many ways for the, all the wrong reasons, but he is extremely well-known. He has high visibility, and um, and the rest are kind of uh, find, trying to find their way. Sure. Now, the two candidates are there, both from the sort of right wing of the party. Uh, Leslie Lewis is a well-known social conservative, a, a big favorite of the anti-abortion movement, uh, a big favor, a favorite of the uh, sort of uh, church-led or religious side of the, of the right-wing uh, uh, group. And, you know, so what we're probably going to see is more moderates emerging. And Jean Charest, who is, you know, he's going to announce his candidacy apparently in Calgary on Thursday. Um, you know, that's uh, obviously a voice of the moderate uh, side. This Patrick Brown, I don't think, is well-known nationally, uh, better known in Ontario. Uh, but he is not known as a, an extreme right winger or anything like that. And, and there are a few others who, who also are uh, mulling 
things over. And, you know, if you get a whole lot of people in the race at the same time, you could get into a convention situation or a, a final vote situation, I should say, in which a lot of politicking happens. And you could find quite an unlikely individual uh, at the top of the Conservative Party. So, uh, I mean, it's interesting. And, uh, you know, this might give the Conservatives a good chance to have a, a cleansing discussion about what they really stand for, who they are, and who they hope to represent. Hmm. All right. Very interesting, Dan. We'll continue to watch all of these events. Thank you so much for joining us today. Okay, Mark. That's longtime political writer and broadcaster Dan Legere. We are going even further. Today, we are renewing our support by extending Operation Reassurance Mission one year ahead of time. Now, here's what political columnists and commentators are writing about today. At iPolitics, Randy Boswell argues the women of the war cabinet are changing the face of Canadian politics. Boswell writes, The three women leading our nation's response to Russia's invasion of Ukraine are redefining political leadership in this country. Since Justin Trudeau made history in 2015 by insisting on gender parity in his first cabinet, his feminist credentials have been questioned repeatedly by critics. But there are certain unassailable facts, making it clear that this Liberal government has broken important new ground on this front. Christia Freeland, Melanie Jolie, and Anita Anand have more than risen to the occasion and they're transforming Canadian politics in the process. In an editorial, the Toronto Star argues, Volodymyr Zelensky has delivered words for the ages on behalf of Ukraine. The Star writes, The speech delivered this week by the Ukrainian president to the British House of Commons channeled one of the moments most cherished by Britons and most admired by the world, Britain's fight against Nazi Germany when the country appeared outgunned and overmatched. If listeners did not feel the rolling echoes of history, they could not have been listening. On Vladimir Putin's best day as wannabe macho man, he didn't come close to matching the impact Zelensky made speaking to the MPs at Westminster. At ctv.ca, Don Martin argues fractures are surfacing as the conservative leadership race kicks off. Martin writes... Two political polar opposites are on a collision course for the Conservative leadership. Moderate Jean Charest will officially enter the race on Thursday. He faces the daunting challenge of beating Pierre Poilievre, a right-wing firebrand whose primary skill seems to be unleashing devastating quips at his rivals. Put them together and you have a nightmare clash for the Conservative Party and perhaps a dream matchup for the Liberals. With the leadership vote still six months away, it sets up the risk of a lose-lose conservative scenario and another liberal win. Now, here's what's coming up on today's political agenda. The Prime Minister will be in Berlin, where he will hold a bilateral meeting with the Chancellor of Germany. Defence Minister Anita Anand will take part in the Ottawa Conference on Security and Defence. NDP leader Jagmeet Singh will visit local businesses in Burnaby, British Columbia. In Hamilton, Ontario, Environment Minister Stephen Gilbeau and Public Services Minister Philomena Tassi will hold a news conference on the remediation of Randall Reef. Public Safety Minister Marco Mendicino will make a funding announcement to support Indigenous youth in British Columbia through a new program to address violence. Minister of Transport Omar Al-Gabra will hold a news conference to provide an update on high-frequency rail in Montreal. 
Northern Affairs Minister Daniel Vandal will announce investments supporting economic and community growth in downtown Winnipeg. In Leduc, Alberta, Rural Economic Development Minister Goody Hutchings will make an announcement on improving high-speed internet. And Employment Minister Carla Qualtrough will announce funding under the Foreign Credential Recognition Program in Vancouver. And that's CPAC Today in Politics for Wednesday, March the 9th. Tune in to Primetime Politics tonight on CPAC. For coverage of all the day's events, our podcast returns tomorrow morning. Have a great day.